Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Um, I want to open up with a story. I'll talk to you about my first job. I was 15. Back then, you could work 40 hours a week. So I was 15. My first week at work, I worked 40 hours. And my job was at Mackey's Fish and Chips. I don't know why they call it that, because uh, they sold pizza and pasta. But it was, it, it was at the top of the hill on 422, and right across from the old Hills department store and right at Ridge Road near JFK. That was my first job. First week, uh, I made $1.60 an hour at 15. And I received my first paycheck, it was 64 bucks. And that may not sound like a lot, but if you were to add inflation in today's money, it was $336. How many 15-year-olds would love to make that in one week of work? That was amazing. So what I did was, Uncle Sam took his, I don't remember what that part was, but I took what was left and I went to the mall, I bought a couple new outfits, and then I saw a watch and I had to have it and I bought a watch. And then I, I had these buddies in the neighborhood. I said, guys, let's jump on our bicycles. Lawson's convenience store was a mile away. We rode down to Lawson's. I said, it's on me. And when they bought all kind of junk food and chips, and, and I just paid for everything. We sat out in the parking lot and ate. We had the most blasted time. And then I spent on a couple other things. But in about two or three days, I spent my entire first paycheck. Now, that presented a problem because my dad wanted me to go to John F. Kennedy High School, Catholic High School, but he said I had to pay the tuition. So I was working to pay my tuition, and I spent every penny of my first check and had uh, no thought that I could ever not spend it the next time. So I thought I better go talk to dad, and I didn't know what he was going to do, but he was really nice. He said, son, let me teach you something. He pulled out some paper, and, and he showed me how to make a budget, and then he talked to me about saving. And here I am, 15, said, you need to put 10% away for your retirement. I'm like, Dad, I don't know if I'm really concerned about that right now. And then he says, you have to put some away for yourself. My dad taught me two of the, the four Bible financial laws. And we're going to talk about those today. This is a one-time message. And twice a year, I teach on the subject of finances. And here's why. Because Jesus taught on finances more than he did prayer and fasting. So I do it twice a year. I'd love to do it just once a year, but here's, here's what, just so you know what pastors deal with. On any given weekend, only 40% of your people are in church. So uh, I do it twice to try to hit at least 55%. Now, 1983, when we started the church and through the 80s, on any given weekend, 60% of your people were in church. So it's kind of shifted. Now it's about 40% on any given weekend. So that's why we do series. That's why we take a little longer and teach on a subject so everybody can hear it at least one time. So here are the financial laws. You ready? Uh, God's financial laws are uh, origination, stewardship, accumulation, and allocation. My dad taught me the third and fourth one. He, he didn't know the Bible at that time. So he taught me what accumulation was, what allocation was. Accumulation is all about just saving, just saving something for yourself. And I'm, I want to read you Proverbs, Proverbs 21, 20. It won't come up on the screen. It says, a wise man saves for the future, and a foolish man, 15-year-old Joe, spends whatever he gets, right? And I just spent whatever I got. So my dad talked to me about saving, putting some aside. But you can't do that if you don't understand the fourth one. And, and that one took me a while to, to grasp the law of allocation. And that's just telling your money where it's going to be allocated. Where is it going to go or setting up a budget? And I love this proverb. I have to read it to you. Proverbs 21.5. 
Plan carefully and you will have plenty. If you act too quickly, you will never have enough. And that just means if you don't sit down and figure where's my money going to go, you'll, you'll never have enough money. You always overspend. And I want to just encourage you, because I realize some of you need better jobs. You need to make more money. I realize that. But also, what I've noticed, I know people that make lots of money, six figures plus, and I've had them come to my office and say, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, and, and, and I'm spending every penny I have, and they come for help. And, and what I've noticed is, we are capable of spending whatever we make because we're human beings. Here's another problem that you and I have. We live in the greatest capitalist nation ever in the history of mankind, which means we have the greatest marketing coming at us than any, any human being has ever had. And not, marketing's not bad, it's good, but it's telling us we need something more than what we have. And sometimes we do, but a lot of times we don't, so we end up buying things that we don't need, and that's the problem we deal with. So because of that, setting a budget is really, really important. So I thought I'd give you a snapshot of America. Uh, the average savings of yearly income, and the Japanese save 25% of their, of their income every year. They don't make more than us, they just save. The Europeans save 18%, and us Americans, we spend 1% more than we make on average every year. Can we give it up for America? Yay, America. <laughs> it's amazing. And, and all that is is the marketing. And guys, if we don't make a decision that, hey, I'm going to have to budget and I'm going to have to uh, set a budget and live by a budget, we're going to be in trouble. So that's why here at Believers on both campuses, we offer this connect group called Financial Peace University. Dave Ramsey teaches it. He's nas internationally known. Uh, you'll see him on news all the time, national news. He's amazing. This course is not about getting you to give financial peace. It's about if you're in debt. The number one reason for the course is if you're in debt, they teach you how to get out of debt. And they have this incredible wisdom plan on how to get yourself out of debt. So if you want to get out of debt, you want to take this uh, course. It's an amazing course. They'll, they'll teach you how to save. They'll teach you everything. And people here that have gone through it, it has changed their lives remarkably. So here's my big idea. Are you ready for my big idea for this lesson? Because I want to teach the first two a little deeper. And here's the big idea. Financial laws lead to financial freedom. And I've never met one person ever. This, I'm not, I am not exaggerating. Boardman, TCI. I've never met one person ever that follow the four, four financial laws that are in the Bible. I never met one person that wasn't financially free. It's amazing how they work. They absolutely work. They work if you're on a budget. They work if you're a teenager. They work no matter where you're at. If you have a bunch of kids, you don't have any kids. Whatever part of life you're in, it will stabilize your finances if you learn to walk in these laws. It's absolutely amazing. So let's talk about the first one, the law of origination. And the law of origination, it just basically goes like this. It's about the origin. Everything you have comes from God. It reminds me of my dad when we were young. He used to say, son, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Now he was joking, but what was he saying to us, right? He was saying, hey, you live under my roof. You're eating on my nickel. You, you know, it's my, I'm buying your clothes. I'm feeding you. I'm housing you. So everything you have originates with me. And Guys, everything we have originates with God. And I want to break it into two parts. Here's the first part. God owns everything. 
And you might think, and you might say, no, I own what I own. Well, I'm not saying you don't legally own it. I'm not saying you didn't work hard for it because you did. But here's what the Bible says, Psalm 24:1: The earth belongs to God. Everything in all the world is his. So he's allowing us to use his things and to accumulate his things, and that's absolutely awesome. And some of you might be sitting here saying, but it's my gift, it's my ability that's brought me what I have, and that's true, but here's the second thought about the law of origination. God gave us our abilities. Your IQ came from God. All your gifts came from God. I, have, I, I had six brothers growing up, and one of my brothers, John, he, he can take any car apart and put the engine back together, put the car back together. He's restored car after car. He can do anything. And you know, I can barely work a screwdriver. I am terrible. I, I, I've never worked on a car. I never will as long as I live. I have a great mechanic, or I call John if I need some quick advice. But I just stink at those things. Now, God's given me a couple other gifts, so I use what he's given me. We all are gifted differently, and every gift we have has come from heaven. It's God-given. So I, I, I realize some of us are more gifted than others, but it all comes from God. Listen to Romans eleven thirty-six: For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for God's glory, all glory to him forever and ever. Can I just take a moment? Every gift you have, every ability you have, literally came from God, and God wants you to use it for his glory. So I always like to take a moment. Borman, I was amazed at how many volunteers you had there. It was incredible. All our volunteers here, TCI, all the volunteers there. Some of you guys are coming early to help set up for things at TCI. Thank you. Guys, thank you. You're using your giftings for the glory of God. Thank you so much. Now, let's talk about the next law because of this first one, origination, the next one then is very important, the law of stewardship. And the law of stewardship just simply means, since I don't own any everything, I'm the manager of everything. So I want to tell you a story. Um, the last time I leased a vehicle, I, I, after this last time, I just began to buy my vehicles. But last time I, I leased a vehicle, I, I had a three-year lease. And I took it in, and my lease payments were current. I didn't owe any money on the lease payments. I took it in, and they inspected it. And, and guess what happened? I had way more dents and bigger dents than I was supposed to have. Thank you, Gina. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I think I made some of them. And uh, so they, they began to charge me for every big dent in the car, right? And, and then I went way over miles, so they charged me so much per mile I went over. And then... They checked the tire treads, and they said, oh, these are under, and you got to buy four new tires. And so I ended up having to pay $1,500 more to turn my car in. And do you know what I said to them? You want to hear it? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> because they owned the car, and I was a bad steward, right? So I was a bad steward of the car they owned, and I signed a contract, and that was the deal. And I couldn't say one thing about it. Guess what? Every one of us in this room, if you're a Christian, there's coming a day when your lease of life is over and you're going to stand before Jesus and he's going to check and see how you stewarded all of your gifts, your abilities, and your money. He's going to look at all those things 
and he's going to reward you accordingly. He's not going to make you write a check. How many of us are glad we don't have to write a check? You really blew it, Joe, here. It's 50 million. Uh, no, there's no checks, but it's treasures and rewards. So rewards are what you get for using your gifts and your abilities, just doing all kinds of things for God. Treasures, what you get, what the Bible says, when you give to God, your local church or the poor, that you lay up treasures in heaven. That's a heavenly currency. So at the judgment seat, when your lease is being turned in, uh, you're, you're going to receive treasures and rewards. So as a pastor, I always want to teach people this. You'll see, I, don't, I won't make you do anything, but I'm going to always tell you this is what the Bible says. So notice the law of stewardship. I put the parable of the talents there, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And this is an incredible story. This is where this rich ruler who was a type of Jesus, Jesus shared the story. He was going away for a season, so he gave one man five talents, one man two talents, and one man one talent. And I've always felt bad for the one-talent guy, like, poor soul. And then, you know, as I studied this, I found out the talent was one talent of gold. And you know what one talent of gold in Bible days equals today? One talent equals $1,250,000. So that one talent guy wasn't doing all that bad, right? He had a large sum of money to watch over, $1,250,000. And this, this parable can be used. You can use it to teach about using your gifts and volunteering. But it, it contextually, it's, it's meant to be used with what do you do with your money and how do you steward God's money, which, which, which you have. And I thought this was interesting. The average American earns $1,400,000 in a lifetime. So the average American is a one talent person. And that's the average. So people make more, people make less, but that's the one talent guy. And what's important about this parable is that, that God is just simply showing us, I'm going to see what you did with your money. Did you save? Did you budget? How did you do it? What did you do for my kingdom with your money? And, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So let's talk about what these guys received. The five-talent guy received 6250 That's what it equaled. Two-talent received 2.5, and we know what the one-talent was. So the Bible says that the five-talent guy, he went, he worked that money, he was a good steward, and then many years later, the master came back, and he went to the master, and he turned his five talents into ten. And this is what he gave him back. It's absolutely amazing, 12500000 He doubled it. And here's what was said to him. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I'm going to make you ruler over much. And I want to emphasize a word that's used twice in there. Are you ready? Well done, thou good and faithful steward. You have been faithful over little. I'm going to make you master or ruler over much. The word faithful just means this, guys. It means that you're consistent, that whatever you're doing, you do it regularly and consistently. That's what the Bible teaches us is faithful. And that's what God's looking for in each and every one of us. Well, the, the, the two-talent guy, he came back and he brought five million. He doubled his money too. And you know what? He heard exactly the same thing. Well done, thou good and faithful uh, servant. You have been faithful over little. I'll make you ruler over much. And I like that. You know why? God doesn't go by the amount. He goes by the percentages. He always goes by percentages. So this guy heard the same thing as the five-talent guy. And then we had the one-talent guy. He, he dug a hole and buried that money, and he brought back 1250000 And 
he did not hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't believe what the parable says is meant to be taken literal, but can we all agree God was not happy with what he did as a steward? And here's my heart. Here's what I'm after, guys. I just want to teach these things. I do it twice a year, as I said. And I want to make sure everybody knows what the Bible teaches. And I want to encourage you to be a good steward over God's money. For many of you, you have to go to Financial Peace University to get yourself back on track. But for all of us, I want to just talk about stewarding our money in the sense of giving something to the kingdom of God and, and being faithful in that. And you know the Bible, we hear the word tithing all the time in the Bible. For some of you, it scares you like crazy. For some of you, you're hearing it the first time. Tithing just means giving 10% of your income to the kingdom of God. So there's a lot of argument with tithing. Some people will say it's not for the New Testament. It was just under the law of Moses. And so a lot of Christians will say that. And myself, Gina and I, we've tithed now our entire marriage. I've tithed my entire Christian life, which I started at six months old as a Christian. And, and so I've been tithing almost 40 years. And I can tell you it has brought incredible blessings, the hand of God, the favor of God on our life. But some people believe it's not for today. And here's what they'll say. They'll say it was under the law, but we're no longer under the law, so we don't have to tithe. And I would say, well, you don't have to do anything, right? Because uh, you're, you know, you're, God loves you, you're going to go to heaven, but you want to do some things because they bring incredible blessings. But here's the thing about the tithe. Abraham tithed hundreds of years before the law. He's called the father of faith. His son Isaac tithed, his son, grandson Jacob tithed. They all tithed before the law, and then after the law, Paul taught on tithing in your New Testament. So some things in the law just come, they translate over because they existed before the law. How many of us can agree uh, we still shouldn't murder, right? Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal. Those are under the law, but we still shouldn't do those things, right? And so it's, I believe it's something for today, but here's what I would say to people, no matter what you believe. I think it's important to be faithful and give something. I think it's important to pick a number, and when you do, you'll be amazed at what God will do for you. Listen to Proverbs 3 and verse 9. It says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. That would be the tithe, and this is under the law, but I just want to emphasize this part, honor the Lord. It's a way of honoring the Lord. We're going to see something else that's said about this in a moment, but here's what I want to do first, guys. I want to go into a coaching mode, and really, I kind of coach when I teach all the time, but TCI Borman, Warren, I'm going to go coach here, and what coaches do, for all of us that played any organized sports, uh, a good coach will affirm you. They'll tell you what you're doing good, and they'll tell you you're doing a great job at that. And then they'll let you know where you're a little weak. So I'm going to show you guys two areas where Believers is doing incredibly well. And we're going to celebrate. So you ready? And then I want to show you an area where we can improve. And this would be all our campuses. So take a look at this. The average weekly amount given per person in all Protestant congregations is $22.50. So just so you know the formula, here's what they do. They take every Protestant church, and they just get an average. They're taking how many people attend on a weekend. That's adults and children. And then they take the amount of money that comes in, and they, they divide how many people come into the amount of money that comes, and that's $22.50. So in the average Protestant church, if you, if you do this formula, $22.50 comes in per person, which means some are giving way more, some are giving not at all, and so on and so forth. Well, I want to show you where believers is. Here's the Presbyterians. They give $20.86, uh, which is below. The, the average Baptists give $22.50. Mega churches give $26.77. They're, they're, they're a little bit above, and they get away with things, and I'll tell you why in a moment. 
But here at Believer's Guys, we're not a mega church. Mega church is 5,000 or more. You guys are giving 32.69. We are 10 bucks plus over the national average for giving. Can we celebrate in every campus and say, good job, believers? That's amazing. That's amazing. That means you're very generous. It means I do a decent job teaching it. And, and, and guys, especially in, a, in this area that we're living in, that's, ama- that's amazing in our community. It's amazing. It's amazing. So let's talk about tithing. Uh, if, if you take all church goes, every, if you take every person that goes to a Protestant church, 4% would tithe. 4% of people that go to church tithe. Born again evangelicals, which would be apples to apples with us, you have 12%. And believers, 33% of you tithe here at Believers Church in every campus. Guys, can we celebrate that? That's something to celebrate, man. Thank you for your faithfulness. Let me tell you why I smile when I, when I say things like that because I know you have experienced blessings, and I've never met a tither who stopped tithing, because once you do, it's like, why would I? Why, this, God is blessing me as I give uh, to the kingdom of God. And by the way, God will bless whatever you give. If you give and you're faithful, he'll bless it. Now, I want to say one more thing, and I want everybody to look at me. Guys, look, everybody. I don't know what anybody gives. And some of you give a lot, you're like, I wanted you to know, but I, I don't know. I don't know what anybody gives because when I'm in the lobby, all I want is I want to see you as a person that God loves and that needs to grow spiritually. And I understand this is part of growing spiritually because your money is you, man. You work for it. It's you. And what we do with it is important. But I don't want to see dollar signs over anyone's head. So I don't know. So if you're sitting there you're one of the 33%. Just smile and say, I'm one of those 33%. And I have no idea what anybody gives. I don't want to know what anybody gives. But here's where we can, we can grow as a church. Okay, you guys ready? The percentage of people who don't give in, a, in Protestant churches is 37%. Now, here's all that means. The average Protestant church in America, 37% of the people that attend don't give anything. So that means they're coming regularly and they just never they never give at all. That's, that's pretty high percentages. So a lot of churches are suffering, right? Mega churches get away with things because of the law of volume, right? So I hear these mega church pastors, they have 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people. And I hear them say, I never teach on giving. I'm like, well, you're doing your people a disservice, first of all. But you're living under the law of volume, right? So guys, the ones that are listening to me, see, you're living under the law of volume. Uh, which means this, you're, you're, you have your fixed expenses, and, and then everything after that is, is, you know, it's cream. I mean, and so when you have that many people, you, you don't have to say anything because the volume is there. When you get to churches our size and under, there's so many things we, we need to do as a church that we're not able to do. Things we want to do in the community, things we want to do to help people. And so I'm teaching this, not just for that, I'm teaching this to get you into the blessings of God. So 37, it's the average Here's believers. Believers is 42. So this is one where you don't want to be higher. We're 5% higher than the national average. Now, here's why I think that is. I think it's because we win so many people to Christ. We have so many new Christians. I know when I was a new Christian, I didn't think about giving for a while, right? And that's just how it is. So people are, they're checking you out. They're making sure they like what they see. They're checking the church out. I understand that. And it takes God a while to touch our money, right? 
then I think, too, sometimes in a community like ours where finances are a little tougher, you probably have a lot more people that are living paycheck to paycheck, so they kind of think, I can't give. And I want to just encourage you, that's the very thing you want to do because that releases God to bless you above your ability. So here's my really cool verse. Remember, financial loss lead to financial freedom. Psalm 18.25, I love this verse. To the faithful you show yourself faithful. To the blameless you show yourself blameless. This is referring to God. And faithful is when you just pick a percent and you say, I'm going to just, I'm going to faithfully give. I'm going to be faithful. And, and here's what God promises. I'll be faithful to you. I like to say it this way. When we're faithful to help the local church, which is God's house and a community, then God will begin to be faithful to help us in our house. And it's not just giving us more income, or and sometimes it is, but it's just God putting favor on you and God bringing blessings into your life. And so whenever I talk about the blessings of God, I, I always exclude anything that comes from somebody that knows I'm Pastor Joe. And I'm telling you, it's amazing what happens in our lives where people that don't even know who I am say, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm just going to do it. And blessings come. That's the favor of God. And God puts that favor on people that are generous. It's an amazing thing. So you know how we talked about the budget? I want to read one more scripture to you about tithing, but this could be any percentage you pick. Deuteronomy 14.23, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first. Some translations say to teach you to re revere God, and revering God means you put him first. I like the way this translation did it. So here's what all it's saying. When you sit down to make your budget, you say, uh, just like I have a other bills, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this aside for God. Gina and I have been married. This November will be 35 years, and we have tithed our entire married life. And I'm telling you, we've just said this is what we're going to do for God. God's coming first, and we have watched God supernaturally bless us. I want to just share really fast my, my first blessings as a tither. Many of you have heard them, but it's going to be really quick for all the new people and boardmen here, TCI. But I heard about tithing. It made me mad, and I got mad at my pastor, and it took months. But I kept reading scriptures, and I said, all right, I'm going to do it. Now, I'm a, I am a head, jump in head first guy, so that's a very few people are that way. I can't do anything halfway. I cannot live halfway. I have to go all or nothing. I'm that kind of guy. So when I decided to tithe, even though I wasn't able, it just came out of a business, had a huge debt. I just said, I'm going to do it anyway and jumped in. And, and, and there's people that say, I'm going to start at 1%, 2%. And God bless us all the same, right? Here's what happened. Somebody, somebody came up to me and said, I want to pay off your debt. My, I had a business debt, 20 grand. They paid it off. Someone else came up and said, I want to pay your car off. They, they don't know I'm tithing. They don't know what's going on. They paid my car off. No one was doing that before I tithed. And then s someone else came after that. I never had that happen in my lifetime. Someone else came after that and gave me a car. So someone paid it off. Someone gave me another one. Then I go to Bible school, and I just had a sleeping bag and a pillow, and I rented an apartment, and I got lost, and I go into a convenience store. Believe me, I was lost for a long time before I did that. No <laughs> GPS back then, right? And I walk in this convenience store. I go up, and I'm trying to ask the guy where to get, find Mingo Valley Apartments, right? And, and he, he, he doesn't answer me. He just looks at me and says, are you here to go to Bible school? I said, yeah. He said, when you walked in that door, 
He said, I heard the inner voice of God, and it said that I'm supposed to give you all my furniture from every room of my apartment. I said, why would you do that? He goes, well, I'm going home to Iowa. His name was Rusty. He said, I'm going, how do you forget a guy's name that gives you all his furniture, right? He says, my name was Rusty. Uh, and he said, I was going to haul it back in a U-Haul. And he said, when you walked in, God said, just give it all to you. And, you know, he had a truck. He brought it all over. And I never had to sleep on a sleeping bag with a pillow or sit on the floor to eat. God blesses you when you begin to give. He's faithful when you put him first. So here, here is an incredible scripture. I'm just going to give you one. This would be the sister scripture to Malachi 3.10 that, you know, if you tithe, God will open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing that you can't contain. Paul is asking the church of Corinth. By the way, he took two chapters and talked about an offering. Two chapters in the Bible. Isn't that crazy? And he told him, hey, I'm going to come. I want you guys to prepare for this offering. And then he said this in verse 6 of, of 2 Corinthians 9. He said, if you give a little, God will bless you. He'll bless you, but it won't be as much. He said, if you give generously, God will bless you generously. That's the law of sowing and reaping. And then after he said that, he said this in verse 8. God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more. So after you give to the work of God, God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more. Jesus said, give, and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together by the hands of men. So that there will not only be enough for you and your needs, but plenty left over to, be, to give joyfully to others. And all he's saying here, guys, is if you give, God's going to begin to bless you. Now, here's what I learned. Some people get a hold of this, but they don't budget, and they, they, they spend the blessings of God. And so you, you have to budget, man. You have to budget you have to tell your money where it's going to go or you'll spend every blessing that comes into your life. So, but what I want to say to you is when we begin to give, God blesses us above our ability. So I'm going to close with a challenge. You guys ready for a challenge? It's an awesome challenge. We used this four years ago and I liked it so much, I, I, I pulled it out again. And I'm going to give you two categories of people in the room. Uh, the first category is what we would call uh, first-time Givers. These, this would be the 42% that doesn't give anything. That's the category. The second category would be what I call occasional givers. And not me, the experts call it occasional givers. And an occasional giver is someone that gives. If they're in church, they give. And if they're not in church, they don't. Or if they're in church and they don't have anything left in their wallets or purses, they don't give that way. Those are occasional people. And, and I want to encourage these people, if they need to go to financial peace, make sure you go. It changed your life. We're going to have our next course in the fall, both campuses. So this is this group. I want to encourage you to become a steward, to put God first, and just pick a percentage, pick a number. I mean, you do it. And I'm telling you, if you're in debt, you can pick five or ten bucks, guys, a week. You can do it. Just get one less latte or something, you know. You can, you can give if you want to. And I want to encourage you to come up to an intentional giver. Intentional, just I, I see the parentheses sign. It just means pick a percentage and just give. That's all it is. And I want to encourage those of you, I don't know who you are. I don't want to know who you are, but I want you to prayerfully consider. And you might say, my finances are a mess. Well, you know what? You could give five bucks a month if that's all you have, but just pick something. Become intentional and tell God, here's what I would do. I would say, God, I want to tithe eventually, but you know the mess I'm in. I'm going to go to financial peace, but I'm going to start with this percentage, and I'm going to give it. 
and God will honor you. You'll, you'll say, wow, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe that happened. Oh, I had favor here. God will do it. And then for all of our intentional givers, thank you for your generosity, by the way. I want to encourage you to consider going up to the tithing. And that's just, that's where Gina and I, we've done it our whole marriage. It's an amazing thing. And I don't know why God picked 10%. I'm not sure. If I were God, I probably would have picked five. But he picked 10, right? That's <laughs> what he did. I want to encourage you to go up to this level. And for all of our tithers, thank you again for your generosity. You guys are awesome. 33% of you, that's amazing, way above the national average. I want to encourage you to become extravagant. And extravagant just means giving above the tithe. Now, Gene and I, our entire marriage, we've been extravagant. And when I say extravagant, I don't mean like we're, you know, it's, we, we don't give a ton more, but we give more. And we've watched God bless us. So one of the things we do is we always put something in. It's not big. We put something in the believer's uh, TV, so for the TV. Put something in the ben believer's benevolence. That's for the poor. And we put something in the believer's missions because I, I don't want to think about what missionary should I give to. I just put, give it to the church, and then I support their missionaries and, and just become extravagant. And it's amazing what God will do as we begin to do that. Can I read one more scripture? I'll end with this. You ready? Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. I'm a real stickler for context, but when God throws the word everything in, context is important, but it means everything, right? And so he says, with God, everything is possible. And I want to speak to everyone that's listening, all campuses. Wherever you're at, I want to encourage you, and I want to say to you, if you hook up with God, that would mean also budgeting. That's a God thing, right? That, that's one of his laws. You hook up with God, and you begin to do what the Bible teaches you. All things are possible. You can get yourself out of debt. You can live in financial freedom, and God can bless you above your abilities. How many of us learned something today? Can we just give it up and say thank you, God, for the word of God? Foreman, TCI guys, come on. Warren. Awesome. Hey, let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, I did my best to teach the Bible in this area. I thank you for what the Holy Spirit did in all of our hearts while the teaching went on. And Lord, I thank you that in Borman TCI here as we're bowed and we're praying, we thank you, Lord, for dealing with those of us that haven't entered into the stewardship to enter into our stewardship, Lord God. And we thank you for putting our step on our heart, what you want us to do. Lord, we thank you for emphasizing faithful. That means, you know, set it up so it's happening regularly. And I just thank you, Lord, for the lives that will be changed and for your faithfulness that's going to come back, that harvest that will come back into their lives. And Lord, for those that are listening that they're in big trouble financially, we thank you that you're the God of miracles, and we thank you that as they go through and make that effort to budget, go through financial peace, we thank you, Father, that with you nothing is impossible. We thank you for infusing hope into the hopeless right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You know what? Maybe you're here and you're not sure of your eternity, and I want to just talk to you about that for a moment because these laws come from the Bible, and once you accept Christ, the Bible comes alive, and that's when it makes sense. And if you're not sure of your forever, Jesus said, whoever calls on my name 
I will save them. Right now, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm asking you, what have you done with Jesus? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to heaven unless they go through me. And he never argued with people. He just said it, and he knew God had to show them that was true. And I know that I can't force you to believe that. But if you're listening right now and you say, hey, I believe that he died for my sins. I believe God raised him from the dead. My heart's open. I believe. I want to encourage you right now to pray with me. And each campus, can we pray with those that are praying? And let's let them hear us. We've already prayed, but let's just pray with them. And just say this after me. If you're praying it for the first time, it's going to be a, a just, it's going to cause a miracle in your life. Just say, uh, Father God, I realize I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe God raised you from the dead and I accept you as my savior. Thank you for saving my soul. Amen. Now heads are bowed, eyes are closed. All our campuses, listen up, listen up. You prayed that prayer, miracles happen. God washed your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. It's absolutely amazing what just happened. You might not have felt it, but it happened. You know what else is happening right now? The Bible teaches us that God himself and all of heaven are celebrating. That's gonna be amazing to see someday, right? And he celebrates if one person on planet earth accepts Christ because you become one of his kids. We become the children of God by placing faith in Christ Jesus. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.